This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Sunshine today, high near 70. Mostly clear tonight, low around 46. Mostly sunny Saturday, high near 71. Partly sunny Sunday, high near 72. Gunshots rang out twice in a span of less than four hours in the area of an Endicott home village. Officials are trying to lock down. Police were sent to Monroe Street just before 8.30 p.m. Wednesday after a vehicle was struck by gunfire. Investigators determined the people involved in the shooting had agreed to meet near 1000 Monroe Street following an online argument. When one car arrived, it was met with gunfire. Everyone involved fled the area. Police located the vehicle that was struck by shots, but those who were in it were described as uncooperative. Around midnight, shortly after police left the Monroe Street neighborhood, someone reported hearing a single gunshot. Several people who were in the area when officers arrived also did not cooperate with police. According to a village news release, there have been numerous police responses and complaints filed by residents involving the residents at 1000 Monroe Street. The village in July started lockdown proceedings against the property in Broome County Court. On September 12th, the New York State Police at Norwich were dispatched by Shenango County 911 to a report of a two-vehicle crash at the intersection of Route 12 and County Road 32 in the town of North Norwich. The operator of one of the vehicles did not survive. An investigation determined that a 75-year-old male from Sherburne was operating a Ford Explorer and traveling north on Route 12. An 82-year-old female from Norwich was operating a Buick Lucerne and stopped on County Highway 32 at the intersection of Route 12 when she pulled out into the direct path of the Ford Explorer. The operator of the Buick was transported to Shenangle Hospital but did not survive. A 91-year-old female passenger of the Buick was transported by ambulance to Shenangle Memorial Hospital with what appeared to be non-life-threatening injuries. The 75-year-old operator of the Ford Explorer and a 66-year-old female passenger were both transported to Bassett Hospital in Cooperstown. They sustained what appeared to be non-life-threatening injuries. On September 14th, New York State Police and Homer responded to a report of an aircraft upside down on a runway at the Cortland County Airport. Cortlandville Fire, the Cortland Fire Hazmat Team and Ambulance also responded to the scene. The pilot and only occupant of the single-engine Cessna 305A Bird Dog walked away from the plane prior to the arrival of the first responders and was transported by ambulance to Guthrie Cortland Medical Center for what appeared to be non-life-threatening injuries. The plane was traveling from Rutland Southern Vermont Regional Airport and was landing at the Cortland County Airport to refuel before its final destination in Kansas when the Cessna flipped. Approximately five gallons of fuel spilled as a result of the incident. The Federal Aviation Administration was contacted as and is investigating. A murderer who escaped from a Pennsylvania jail and was captured two weeks later told authorities he had been planning to carjack someone and flee to Canada or Puerto Rico. Deputy U.S. Marshal Robert Clark says 34-year-old Danielo Calvacante told investigators he could sense law enforcement closing in and planned to get a car within 24 hours. 
Clarkson's Cavalcante revealed other details about his life on the run since his brazen escape from the Chester County Jail on August 31st, including that he survived on creek water in Watermelon. Cavalcante was taken to a state prison outside Philadelphia after his capture. Work on a dog park being constructed by Broome County is nearing completion. The $200,000 complex will be located at the north end of Otsonego Park in the town of Shenango. Broome County Executive Jason Garner said the facility is expected to be operational soon. He told WNBF News it should be ready to open in a couple of weeks. Garner said most of the fencing has been put in place for the park. He said a water line is being installed at the site. Signs must still be erected. Benches and garbage cans will also be brought in for use by park visitors. Garner said county officials are hoping the dog park can be opened by the end of the month. The county received a $25,000 grant from PetSafe in 2021 to help develop the dog park. The complex is just east of Interstate 81. Access to the dog park will be from Howell Drive, which is off Front Street. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. Friday, September 15th. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, John from Binghamton. Uh, do, do, do you have uh, uh, the flame or uh, Sweet Home Alabama for me this morning? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we may. We may indeed. Uh, I was out and about. I've been out and about, Bob, and I found some things out that, and, and the purpose of this is not for my period interest, it's it's for the public's interest, and you know because I think the public should know what I mean. They wake up every day and they they listen to you, Bob, and uh, you know they get a sense to what's going on here. Uh, varying degrees of interest on the individual, depending thing. But I mean, some some people I think people are entitled uh, to know what's going on. So I uh, submitted a FOIL request to the Johnson City School District, and I got a response yesterday. And uh, there's some curious things because on some things there's no records, and I think it flies in the face of the narrative that was created uh, during that press conference uh, with the sheriff and the school superintendent and the uh, board president. Uh, There are no records uh, uh, regarding any correspondence between Fred Akshar and the Johnson City School District. Now, if they were turning over something or if they would uh, have something, it would be in the form of a text or an email. Here's an attachment. Here's what you wanted, Fred. Uh, we're working with you. There is nothing to indicate. So to 
clue our listeners in who may not have been paying attention to what happened two months ago. There was an announcement that the principal of a Johnson City school was charged with attempted rape after he allegedly agreed to meet a teenage student to engage in sex. That was the lead from the story that I wrote on July 10th. So that's how things started publicly about two months ago. The headline, and sorry for our sensitive listeners, but I'm sure most of our listeners can handle the truth. The headline on the story read, Johnson City principal accused of luring 16-year-old girl for sex. And then, sadly, we had to use a photo of the Johnson City Middle School. So that was... That was the essence of the story involving the 55-year-old principal who is a resident of Shenango County. Yes, and uh, I did get the letter of resignation that was attached. I did get uh, no records found on all correspondence between the district and Fred Akshar. Uh, I did, no records were found on all law enforcement reports made by the district from June 1, 2023, which would cover the date. Uh, no records found. Uh, so, but the interesting thing is I did ask for all letters or claims regarding any incident involving Daniel Erickson submitted to the liability insurance carrier from January 1, 2023. And it's interesting, this was denied and I'm, I've appealed it, and I, I, I think I will prevail. Uh, communication protected by attorney-client privilege. So let's get this straight. What I asked for from the district is uh, if they have uh, or they feel that they have a claim that they have submitted to the district, to their insurance carrier, I've asked for a copy of that claim. I mean, you have to state a claim. And they said that that was protected by attorney-client privilege. Now, the only attorney-client relationship is with the, the school district and their attorney. Uh, uh, if their attorney submitted a notification or a claim to their insurance carrier, uh, that would be public information because that, that would be a payment made by the insurance company. Now, they could redact uh, a name or two, but they, they can't withhold that. That's absurd. So... Uh, and I also found any payment records uh, to Daniel Erickson made from June 1, 23 to current date. And that shows an over $20,000 payment uh, for back uh, sick days. <laughs> so there you go. He got some uh, traveling money from the Johnson City School District. But I, I just want to, you, you know, I mean, if you're going to go and bloviate at a press conference, and this press conference was unprecedented, uh, then you would ha- see. I'm 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 always uh, I'm always suspicious when people have news conferences and they don't have papers in front of them, you know, to substantiate anything. And I think uh, in this case, what you saw was a grandstand move. And I I I mean, uh, you know, you're closely working. You're closely working with Fred Akshar. You're closely working with law enforcement. Yet there's not one text, email, any bit of correspondence between uh, the district and law enforcement. None. So how closely is that? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, if you if you want to talk to a police chief, usually it's, hey, when can I come in and see you or, or what have you. So 
Uh, this is this is very interesting uh, to me. Uh, the other couple of things, I, I was at a SUNY board trustee meeting, uh, and uh, you know this stuff isn't covered. Harvey Stanger was there, and uh, the the but they didn't have a quorum in the beginning of the meeting. Somebody was late, but uh, the president of SUNY Broom College, the new guy, uh, did indicate that enrollments continue to be down. Uh, it was a somber, somber type affair, and they went into executive session. I asked them, of course, they tried to just waltz into it. I asked them the purpose, and they said it was a personal personnel matter. Now, uh, uh, Harvey was in the executive session. Now, the question becomes, what does Harvey have to do with a personnel matter? at SUNY Broom. I mean, that's very, very interesting because the session was going to be closed to, to anybody that didn't have any say or relevant business. So uh, this, I believe, is the prelude to uh, the whale swallowing Jonah. Uh, we've had asset strips before here from EJ's to Lord's Hospital, and this is the biggest taxpayer asset strip because, let's face it, Broom uh, Broom County owns the community college, the land, the buildings, everything. Uh, so this is a substantial asset that can be carved up in various ways, and I think it's on its way to Binghamton University without any public input, uh, without any oversight. Just well, how to... could they do that, John? <laughs> well, they, What mechanism they... allows them to do that? Well, they... Uh, they do it every day, Bob, because I'm one of the few, you're one of the few uh, that is going to have any chance of shedding any light on these transactions. They're, they're interested. They're all Kardashian-like because Kardashian shows you a picture of, of her rear end and says, this is the look. This is what you must do for your rear end, whether it's putting Clorox on it or, or whatever. And these fellas want to get out there and beam one solitary message. They're great. They're community leaders. They're on the ball. They're expanding. They're growing. What a great people they are. What what a great institution uh, this is. Uh, but when you put the camera on them and ask them a few questions, oh, and by the way, I did have uh, some conversations with two uh, board members, uh, one of which was Mark Newman, and they were very nice, and, and we get along. So there's there, with me, there's no indication that I want to chop somebody's head off. I'm asking relevant questions. Now, I did, when he came out of the executive session, I did ask uh, Harvey Stanger about the lithium battery plant and the $750 million that he wants to route uh, through that uh, Benny Stock uh, company. And uh, he didn't want to say anything about it. I asked him what was, you know, I, I, I keep up with it. I asked him what was going on in Australia. Now, a simple question like, how many batteries has IM3 sold? He, he wouldn't answer that. Now, he's talked to me before, uh, but he, he, he doesn't, he, he wants to ignore these questions. Now, uh, to me, if you have a business, I mean, if you ask the guy how many donuts he sold today, he probably tell you, or you could observe it from the rack of unsold donuts. Uh, if there, if this is really a business, a lithium battery business f- with batteries for sale, uh, 
then they would have sales figures. So, I, I, I mean, I don't understand why the public is being cut out of all these things, why these elite insiders uh, think that they can, well, I guess they look at what IBM got away with and they look at what uh, all the public officials allow them to do. And, uh, you know, they they just do it. But I, I have been out. I was at the town of Vestal, by the way, <clears throat> on Wednesday. How did that uh, go? Where, huh? Did they roll out the red carpet? Uh, no, they didn't. And it's a continuing problem. And if you remember, John from Vestal uh, would call you, and he'd call you for years about what was going on in Vestal. And you know, uh, the more that I attend these meetings, John was 100% credible. Uh, they arrested John at a public meeting there. So yesterday, uh, or Wednesday, I was there and uh, asking some questions of a public official. High-profile guy. There's, he's not publicity shy. And uh, uh, in between swooped a Vesta police officer. He looked like he might have had some SWAT-type gear on. I don't know what the regular gear they wear on. But he uh, got in between me and, and, and essentially told me that I was done, uh, that I was finished there. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean, you, know, you were finished? Yeah. I was How can finished. someone say you're finished? You're finished when you're finished. That reminds me of something John Belushi said in a movie. That it's not over till we say it's over. Yeah. You're not finished. You're an American citizen. So you, as an American citizen, with the rights protected by our Constitution, you'll determine when it's finished. Unless you break the law. Were you breaking the law, John? No, I was... Uh, uh exercising my right to uh, happiness and i'm a happy guy and i was uh, you know going for the freedom of press and the freedom of speech that type of thing uh never been arrested but boy they're working on it i'll tell you that uh yeah you better you mind know. your p's and q's you know um just uh also a friendly tip and i don't mean anything by this but also when you're driving through vestal say on the parkway Keep a close eye on your speed and make sure that you're adhering to all the relevant vehicle and traffic laws. And also make sure that the bulb over the license plate, the back bulb, the license plate thing, make sure that's working, especially if you go through Vestal at night. Well, just, a, just a word to the wise, because sometimes things happen. You get pulled over for a purported equipment violation, then... Things can escalate quickly. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. And they did get those cars inspected. They got a new, a newer dog control vehicle. No, they left. didn't get their cars inspected. Say it ain't so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't. But uh, I wonder uh, what prompted that, of- John. I wonder what prompted that sudden decision that having town vehicles inspected was the right thing to do. Well, the Mussolini of the Four Corners up there. Uh, he he gets action uh, when he wants to. I mean, you know, uh, uh, he's a, a very uh, efficacious, let's say. Uh, anyway, Bob, I, I just want to tell you that I, I've been out. Oh, and I, I did. Well, that's a that's a, a way. That's a, a, a too long for this call. So that's that's yeah, what save I want. it for next week. I mean, we can't we can't yeah. let everything out of the tube on a Friday. I mean, especially yeah. Friday with its reputation as being a fun day here at the station so yes 
Yeah, so I, I think there has to be uh, a sea change. And, uh, you know, I did go to, now the, the officer did tell me that they had reports on me. So I did file a free. <laughs> you know what? They must, your permanent file in the town of Vestal must be one of the thickest files of its kind. Well, I don't know, but I, I just wish that, this is what I wish. I wish that these people loosen up. Uh, you know, Don Imus had a, uh, a very good way of lo- everybody wanted to be on Don Imus's show, no matter how far he would uh, 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 push the envelope. They all wanted to bask in Don Imus's glory, and they all displayed some sort of sense of humor when they went on that program. All I all I can say to to these elite people, these these so called community leaders, is loosen up and on the information and loosen up on the personality a little bit. Don't take themselves so seriously. They're very, very fallible human beings, and the track record shows that. So let's have a good time while we're here. Exactly. Life is too short. Life is too short. Let's strive to get along. We don't necessarily have to agree, but let's get along. Can't we all just get along? Thank you, John. Have a good weekend. 925, Bob Joseph encouraging everyone to just get along. It's Friday morning. Coming up, New York State Comptroller Thomas DiNapoli will join us live in the studio. Following message sponsored by National Floor Center. Are you planning a flooring project for your home? You may very well be. And if you are, this message is specifically for you. But if you aren't, it's also specifically for you, too, because at some point you probably will plan a flooring project. National Florist Center, locally owned and operated, 46 South Washington Street at the corner of South Wash and the Parkway. Glide right in. A convenient parking lot. Even the parking experience will be delightful. You slide into a convenient slot, you get out of your car, and you admire even the beautiful, brightly colored flowers as you enter their showroom and then... They'll ask you about your project. What do you want? Do you have an idea of what materials you'd like to work with? You're looking for carpeting, hardwood, tile, vinyl? They'll discuss it with you. They'll listen carefully, and then they'll take the steps to make your project a reality. They'll also help with the design process and even set you up with expert installers. That's what they do at National Floor Center. They've been doing it for a long time, and they enjoy serving you. Check out the showroom, 46 South Washington Street in Binghamton, and get more information online at nationalfloorcenter.com. Bob Joseph with you on a Friday morning live. It's September 15th. News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the WNBF app. From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet.
WNBF, WNBF.com. I'm Bob Joseph. It's a Friday morning, and our doors are always open to New York State officials who happen to be in the neighborhood. And look who just happened to be in the neighborhood. Guest, please introduce yourself. Well, Bob, it is Tom DiNapoli, New York State Controller. So happy to be with you once again. We got invited to speak to the Greater Binghamton Chamber of Commerce uh, early morning. And I said to my folks, if we're going to be in Binghamton, been a long time since I've visited my friend Bob Joseph. We got to see if we can match up some time. And I'm so glad you uh, were able to invite me to be on your show again. It's great. It's great. We've talked uh, a few times by phone since your last studio visit, yeah. but it's always great to talk face to face. So give me just a brief overview of, of what you covered during your uh, message for the breakfast gathering. Well, I'll covered a lot of uh, territory, really gave a, an update and perspective on where the state's economy is at, a little bit about the greater Binghamton southern tier economy as well, and really tried to set the stage for uh, what will be before you know it, the next budget uh, cycle uh, in Albany. And, uh, you know, we could talk more if you like to get in detail, but my general message is we're in much better shape than we've been in coming out of the COVID uh, experience from an economic point of view. But... There's a lot of uncertainty in our economy right now and in our revenue picture. So I think next year's budget cycle is going to be a much more contentious one than we just went through this year. In fact, big challenges loom. It seems to me that for uh, whether it's the governor or legislative leaders or for you trying to make projections here as we head toward 2024, very, very difficult, almost impossible because there are so many different things at work, including ongoing concerns about a potential recession, even concerns about the impact of the UAW strike yeah, because news, some people right? think, well, it doesn't affect New York. That would affect Detroit and other cities. Well, if that strike becomes uh, a long strike and also um, starts to affect uh, suppliers for the big three automakers, there could be a big ripple effect and it could have uh, an effect on New York State. And, Bob, you, you touched on it exactly. And, and you know, there's also uh, there also could be an upside, right, that we don't know is coming. But I think the challenge we have right now is that the revenue coming to the state is still strong. We're actually ahead of projections right now, but the context is we've lowered the projections. So uh, in the update to the financial plan, after the state budget was negotiated, and the budget we have this year is the largest one in the state's history, uh, revenues went down, um, taken down about $5 billion a year for the length of the financial plan. So although we are ahead of updated projections, we're off by about, I think, 13% in terms of overall revenue from a year ago. And and those updated projections are lower than the projections on which the budget was, was built. So I think what that means is that, you know, the commitments we made in this year's budget will hold. I'm not concerned right now about any mid-year budget cuts. But the context for the budget negotiations next year with the federal money being spent down, you point out, you know, the uncertainty in the economy. That recession has been predicted how many months, how many years? Well, and it's almost it like, not a, happening, it's you like know? a broken record. Right. And I look at the Wall Street Journal, and maybe not every other day. Okay, every third day, there's another headline. Well, it looks like the recession is coming or three days later, well, it looks like the recession won't come, and it looks like we're having a soft landing, and yeah. it just goes to prove that even the experts are, are befuddled at the moment. But we're, you know, and and so much of it is driven by what happens with the stock market, which is as much about psychology as it is about uh, economics. You point out, you know, the news of the day, you know, for the first time for all three automakers to be struck, 
you know, at a time where, you know, rightfully so, I think our unions are asserting more uh, muscle these days because workers were really impacted by what happened, you know, with COVID and inflation and all that. But uh, the disruption that that could place in the supply chain, you're absolutely right. Uh, the last car that I, uh, when my lease was up last year, I, I had to take it without, with some of the, you know, the chips missing, but it could still drive the car. But, you know, we already had supply chain issues that were impacting uh, auto sales and auto leasing. This could certainly set that back as well. So, uh, and what's happening with the global situation, this war in the Ukraine, what does it mean for oil prices? Inflation was moderating. It ticked up a little bit. Some of the prices. What will the Fed do? Will they will they ease, you know, interest rates, uh, or will they, you know, continue to raise them? And of course, we have the overall context of heading into a presidential election with great polarization and division. It, it's it's really a messy picture right now. It's fascinating, but also for some people unsettling. For people who cover the news, I mean, whether it's local, state, or national. It's frust- or fascinating to, to think about what lies ahead in the next 14 or 15 months. But And even, and I'm looking ahead to January 2025, because regardless of how the election, the presidential election, winds up next year, I'm concerned that whoever the, is uh, supporting the losing candidate won't accept the results because of what happened in, in yeah. 2020. It's a, ba- it's a bad phase that we're in in that regard. But it really, to your earlier point, it makes projections as far as economic data and revenue picture uh almost impossible i mean you know it's always somewhat of an educated guess but i think it's the volatility that's there uh, is going to be with us for the foreseeable future and so you know you know in terms of our job you know uh, you know to the extent that we play a role in monitoring the budget situation obviously i'm not you know a legislator or the governor so we don't set the budget but try to give information upon which we put the, keep the state, put it on, and keep it on sound financial footing. It's a lot harder than it's been and will continue to be. In the studio, we're speaking with New York State Comptroller Thomas DiNapoli. How are local governments and school districts doing right now? Are, are things starting to look up for uh, school districts and local governments that face so much uh, uncertainty during the uh, COVID period? Yeah, I mean, certainly local government uh, as well as state government benefited from all the federal money that's come in. Now that money is being spent down. So that's why it's important that the economy stays strong in terms of revenue picture. We are still seeing growth in sales tax, including here in this part of the state. We're going to put out updated numbers shortly. Going to show year over year we're up statewide about 4%. But for... Um, for the greater Binghamton area, up even higher than that. So that's why is that, by the way? You never know. I mean, the sales tax numbers always fluctuate. It was interesting for for this area. They were actually down a little bit the first quarter, then they bounced back up the second quarter. Right now, they still seem strong. I, I suspect it means uh, the August numbers reflect a good summer season as far as tourism and travel. You know, for this part of the state. Uh, but that's good news. You know, our counties uh, particularly depend on sales tax and towns and villages and cities. Um, and as I said, I think the state budget holds together. So, uh, you know, the kind of aid for our schools, which has seen a big increase in state aid in the past couple of years, that's going to hold together. The, the bigger problem is looking at, you know, where we go from here. Because I, I don't know that there's going to be as much, certainly not as much federal money, Uh Although on the positive side of that, infrastructure money is still being spent out, money for broadband uh, as well. But in terms of that state budget process next year, uh, I think there are going to be real challenges. And that may impact on the level of support, you know, for local governments and for school districts. It might not be quite as generous as it's been for the past couple of years. But 
it could also change in a couple of months. Who knows? Is, it's but, almost but, like yeah, forecasting the weather. It, 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 well, and, and right, the economists get paid like the people who forecast the weather, whether they're right or wrong. <laughs> so. I note a lot of construction right now in the southern tier, some government-related projects, but a fair number of private projects. It seems that there is more construction activity and, in some cases, some new business openings, small and medium-sized businesses, more activity than perhaps we had seen over the last three to five years. How big an impact does that have on the state's overall economic picture? Oh, I, I think it has a big impact. And, and certainly some of that uh, construction is driven by the, the, the government money that's come in. And actually the unemployment numbers that we saw for this region are you know, better than the statewide numbers now. So there are opportunities here. Uh, one of the interesting points that came up with the Chamber discussion this morning uh, is that it's been hard for some businesses to recruit people for the region, not because they, they are lacking job opportunities, but housing is a big issue here, right? We, we hear this in other parts of the state as well, uh, the need for more construction of new housing. Uh, so, you know, and, and I guess because of high mortgage rates, a lot of folks that perhaps would consider downsizing or, or moving, they're not doing it because they may sell their house at a good price, but where are they going to go uh, with the high mortgage rates? So, so you know, when, it, when a house goes on the market, one of the realtors were telling me, that house sells right away. So, so I think that's another issue that needs to be addressed uh, in this part of the state. Uh, how do we have the housing opportunities so that we can provide for those businesses that are looking to recruit people so they'll have a place to live. So, you know, that's not unique to this area. But when you consider it wasn't that long ago in the southern tier, um, you weren't hearing that, right? There, there was a sluggishness in terms of jobs being created. You know, that seems to have turned around. That's good news. Well, it's good news. And yet, if you look closer at the situation, if you drill down, you see also a lot of people have left the Binghamton and Elmira areas. So, say, the workforce, the available number of people who were uh, working, say, in the past, many of them, perhaps they've moved elsewhere in the state, but many have left the state. And that continues to be a big concern, especially here in the southern tier, where people, for whatever reason, find themselves discontented. could be political issues. It could be financial issues, whatever. Some people say weather. But regardless of what motivates people to move to North Carolina or Florida or Tennessee, that continues to be a big factor, especially for the Binghamton region. Yeah, but, you know, there's another piece as a corollary to that of some of the folks that are staying uh, they may choose not to be in the labor force. You know, so even when we have unemployment numbers that look good, labor force participation has been off. You know, yeah, they've uh, just chosen to opt out. Something chose, changed during COVID. Yep, yep, something changed in terms of the added. Or uh, some folks want to work, but um, they only want to work if it's 100% remote. You know, and not every business and employers have, that. employers have had incredible difficulty. I mean, yeah. even Zoom finally said to their Zoom employees, hey, you can't you can't phone it in anymore. We yeah. need you at the office. Yeah. Maybe not five days a week, but we need you in the office more for collaboration and just innovation. You can't you can't use the technology that we developed and marketed so well during the pandemic. That's not a panacea. We need you. And and I think we also have to recognize sometimes like the old expression, the grass always looks greener. I, I you know some of it's anecdotal, but I know folks that that moved down to Florida and then they got their insurance bill, which just skyrocketed, or they needed a really good physician or had a, a medical issue. 
services aren't quite what they are here in New York. And you come to this part of the state, here we are, you know, starting to feel a little bit like fall. But, boy, is this a beautiful part of the state. And uh, quality of life here, uh, sometimes it's hard to quantify that. But uh, I think Southern Tier, Greater Binghamton area, great place to, to live, work, raise a family. We, we should not um, undervalue uh, what a great community this is. What impacts is the um, migration situation? We have so many migrants coming in to New York State. Uh, big impact right now, primarily on New York City, but it's starting to have uh, an impact on other cities. Not Binghamton yet, but perhaps uh, yeah. in the coming months. Yeah. So looking forward, what is the likely economic impact of what's going on, especially because we don't know what, if anything, the federal government ultimately is going to do to try to help New York City and New York State deal with the situation. I mean, you know, let me start off with your last point. I, I really think this starts with a failure at the federal level. I mean, we, we've, we've been hearing about the need for a rational immigration, you know, reform strategy for how many years, if not decades. And uh, it's very clear that, I mean, look, Migration to New York is not new. I mean, that's part of why I'm here, right? You know, uh, grandparents came here uh, a long time ago. Um, but it's very clear that the programs in place have been overwhelmed by the by the number of migrants that have been coming in. I think last week New York City was about 3,000 came in. So the, 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 the programs and the policies weren't in place. And the funding wasn't in place. So I would say, Bob, the immediate concern that I have, you know, as the numbers guy, is how are we going to pay for these services? You know, the state financial plan has about uh, $1.5 billion set aside. The governor's talked about even more money to be spent on providing uh, the shelter and the services. Uh, the city, you know, the mayor has projected $12 billion over the next couple of years. You know, that's, that, that could break the city's budget. So it's very clear we're going to need, you know, this, the city would like more help from the state and from the federal government. The state says, you know, we can't just shoulder it for the city. The feds have to step in. I do think we need more direct support from the state if we're, if we're going to manage the situation, uh, more direct support from the federal government, excuse me, to help the state and the city uh, manage the situation. And the other piece is, is it gets back to the employment picture that we were talking about. You know, these folks are here for a better life. They're leaving some horrendous conditions. They want to work. This bureaucracy that holds up the work authorizations, I mean, there are jobs to be filled. And, and, and so just housing people in shelters and not expediting the process for them to be put to productive work and pay for their own, you know, keep, that's a big mistake. That's a failure right there. So, you know, the governor's raised this issue. The mayor has. We need Washington to respond in terms of expediting work authorizations, a more rational overall policy, and the dollars to help us pay for the costs of uh, the impact of this of these huge numbers that are coming in of migrants one final note that may be of even greater interest to our listeners and you on a regular basis point this out your office uh, can assist people get access to money to which they're entitled unclaimed funds, unclaimed funds. and every time that that comes up and somebody says oh i didn't know that and then they find their name they do a search and say well that was a few seconds well yeah. spent. Yeah. So explain that, uh, how how unclaimed funds sometimes uh, uh, wind up 
turning into uh, a very pleasant surprise for sure. uh, some New Yorkers. Not everybody, Not but everybody. some people can be pleasantly surprised. Well, first let me mention that from 12 to 3, my staff will be uh, at Johnson City Village Hall. Uh, Senator Leah Webb invited us to uh, have our folks there with the computers and people can come down and we will help them search our database. So people get separated from money by various means. Often it's an old bank account. Uh, sometimes it's a check that wasn't cashed, like from a health insurance company, security deposit. If there's no activity in the account or the check wasn't cashed, after a certain period of time it's declared dormant or abandoned, it's turned over to the state through the controller's office, we maintain those accounts in perpetuity until we find the rightful owner or they find us. And we've made it very easy to search on our database. So just whatever your listener's search engine is, just put in New York State Controller. You can search from your own home computer. Put your name in, friends, family, any organization you're a part of, nonprofit, business. Um, put in the name of uh, deceased close relatives. A lot of the money is in the name of people who passed away. If you could show that you're the rightful heir, you can claim that money. So so we, and we have literally billions of dollars that are in those unclaimed fund accounts. Uh, most of the recoveries, if you're in there, it's 50 to $100, but every now and then it's even more than that. Uh, and we're going to be returning some checks to some local individuals and organizations as part of that outreach from uh, noon to 3 at Johnson City Village Hall. Uh, but please, check for unclaimed funds. We don't want to hold this money. We want to return it to you, and we've made it very easy for you to claim that money. New York State Controller Tom DiNapoli, thank you for joining us here at WNBF. Bob, it's great to be back with you in studio. Door is always welcome. Thanks. It's 949, live and local, WNBF and WNBF.com. Catch. 9.52, this is Bob Joseph, live on the station, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, WNBF.com. It's not a station, it's the station. Well, what about the other stations? Yeah, I've heard about them. It's too bad. <laughs> I'm kidding. Gee, Bob, that's awfully rude. Well, I don't mean it that way. I mean, I encourage them to start their own local talk show. Sunny today, 70. Mainly clear tonight, 46. Mostly sunny tomorrow, 71. Partly sunny Sunday, 72. And right now, it's a delightful 52. 52 in downtown Binghamton at... WNBF and for Celsius fans, that's 11.1111 Celsius. Air quality, yes, very good. 
AQI air quality index right now is 31. At WNBF, WNBF.com. We'll be taking your calls at 607-772-1290. If you have something to say on this Friday, by all means, express yourself. On WNBF with Bob Joseph. A summer song. It's the final Friday of summer here on WNBF, so we're celebrating by giving you two more hours of a live talk program. Savannah Bananas. Sounds like something you'd see in a truck going out of control on a hill in Scranton. Savannah Bananas are in Syracuse. I guess they're a team that plays games. So if you want to go see the Savannah Bananas, you can go to Syracuse and see them. I actually was at a Syracuse a Mets game a few weeks ago. It was fun. Fun. Maybe I'll go this weekend. I want to see the Savannah Bananas. Let's see what's going on there. WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Sunshine today, high near 70. Mostly clear tonight, low around 46. Mostly sunny Saturday, high near 71. Partly sunny Sunday, high near 72. Gunshots rang out twice in a span of less than four hours in the area of an Endicott home village. Officials are trying to lock down. Police were sent to Monroe Street just before 8.30 p.m. Wednesday after a vehicle was struck by gunfire. Investigators determined the people involved in the shooting had agreed to meet near 1000 Monroe Street following an online argument. When one car arrived, it was met with gunfire. Everyone involved fled the area. Police located the vehicle that was struck by shots, but those who were in it were described as uncooperative. Around midnight, shortly after police left the Monroe Street neighborhood, someone reported hearing a single gunshot. Several people who were in the area when officers arrived also did not cooperate with police. According to a village news release, there have been numerous police responses and complaints filed by residents involving the residents at 1000 Monroe Street. The village in July started lockdown proceedings against the property in Broome County Court. On September 12th, the New York State Police at Norwich were dispatched by Shenango County 911 to a report of a two-vehicle crash at the intersection of Route 12 and County Road 32 in the town of North Norwich. The operator of one of the vehicles did not survive. An investigation determined that a 75-year-old male from Sherburne was operating a Ford Explorer and traveling north on Route 12. 
An 82-year-old female from Norwich was operating a Buick Lucerne and stopped on County Highway 32 at the intersection of Route 12 when she pulled out into the direct path of the Ford Explorer. The operator of the Buick was transported to Shenangle Hospital but did not survive. A 91-year-old female passenger of the Buick was transported by ambulance to Shenangle Memorial Hospital with what appeared to be non-life-threatening injuries. The 75-year-old operator of the Ford Explorer and a 66-year-old female passenger were both transported to Bassett Hospital in Cooperstown. They sustained what appeared to be non-life-threatening injuries. On September 14th, New York State Police at Homer responded to a report of an aircraft upside down on a runway at the Cortland County Airport. Cortlandville Fire, the Cortland Fire Hazmat Team, and ambulance also responded to the scene. The pilot and only occupant of the single-engine Cessna 305A Bird Dog walked away from the plane prior to the arrival of the first responders and was transported by ambulance to Guthrie Cortland Medical Center for what appeared to be non-life-threatening injuries. The plane was traveling from Rutland Southern Vermont Regional Airport and was landing at the Cortland County Airport to refuel before its final destination in Kansas when the Cessna flipped. Approximately five gallons of fuel spilled as a result of the incident. The Federal Aviation Administration was contacted as and is investigating. A murderer who escaped from a Pennsylvania jail and was captured two weeks later told authorities he had been planning to carjack someone and flee to Canada or Puerto Rico. Deputy U.S. Marshal Robert Clark says 34-year-old Inyalo Calvacante told investigators he could sense law enforcement closing in and planned to get a car within 24 hours. Clark says Cavacante revealed other details about his life on the run since his brazen escape from the Chester County Jail on August 31st, including that he survived on creek water in Watermelon. Cavacante was taken to a state prison outside Philadelphia after his capture. Work on a dog park being constructed by Broome County is nearing completion. The $200,000 complex will be located at the north end of Otsonico Park in the town of Shenango. Broome County Executive Jason Garner said the facility is expected to be operational soon. He told WNBF News it should be ready to open in a couple of weeks. Garner said most of the fencing has been put in place for the park. He said a water line is being installed at the site. Signs must still be erected. Benches and garbage cans will also be brought in for use by park visitors. Garner said county officials are hoping the dog park can be opened by the end of the month. The county received a $25,000 grant from PetSafe in 2021 to help develop the dog park. The complex is just east of Interstate 81. Access to the dog park will be from Howell Drive, which is off Front Street. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. News Radio AM 1290, also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now. 
On a Friday morning, the second hour is underway. What will happen next? I don't know. So I will stay tuned. 607-772-1290. Live radio. No script. No teleprompter. No telling what will happen between now and noon. Nice speaking with the state controller, Thomas DiNapoli. We've had him on the program a few times, usually by phone, usually from his Albany office, but he happened to be in Binghamton this morning, so it was great he was able to visit the studio. So thanks to Mr. DiNapoli for popping in. By the way... I think it goes without saying, so of course I'll say it. I think it goes without saying that all New York State elected officials are welcome to the program. So that includes members of the Assembly, state senators, the governor, the attorney general, even the lieutenant governor. Remember when... Antonio Delgado was actually in the studio. He was in the studio, I think, uh, less than two weeks before he was chosen by Governor Hochul to be the lieutenant governor. So he knows, he knows how to get here. He knows what we're about. So he's, he's always welcome to rejoin us. Governor Hochul, get the sense that she has no desire. It's just a feeling I have, because especially because of that time a few months ago when she was a few steps away from the studio and certainly wouldn't have been that difficult for her to pop in and surprise me, a surprise cameo appearance. Instead, she went to the weed world. She stopped by the cannabis shop to encourage people to buy weed. Oh, I know. You have to prioritize what's more important in New York State. Speaking with your constituents and taking a phone call from one or two New Yorkers or posing for a photo op at the pot shop. I know. We all make difficult choices, and I, I'm i not criticizing her decision. <laughs> well, think about this. If you were Kathy Hochul... And you found yourself on Court Street in downtown Binghamton. And you had a choice. Choice A, visit Weed World to pose for a photo op and encourage New Yorkers to buy cannabis. Or stop into the WNBF studio and surprise Bob Joseph and take a couple of phone calls. What would you do? If I was governor, I know what I would do, but that's just me. I would certainly nothing. I would do both. Actually, I would pose for a photo op at the pot shop because that's all the rage these days. But I also, after the photo op, I would say, you know what? This wasn't on my schedule, but I would. I want to stop in, not so much to see the host of the program because. I can hear him anytime I want on the WNBF app, but what I'd like to do is 
surprise the WNBF audience by popping in and just spontaneously taking three phone calls from my constituents to see what's on their mind. Wouldn't that be a great way, a fantastic way to prove that you're one of us? That's why I stress this studio, this station is open to all New York State elected officials. The governor, the lieutenant governor, the attorney general, Tish James, state comptroller Thomas DiNapoli, who's now been here in studio a couple of times, as well as on the program by phone. Also, by the way, again, to state senators, members of the assembly, and even members of Congress, the studio is yours. It's not about me. It's about providing information to your constituents in real time. And the truth is, there's no other mass media outlet that would give you this opportunity to talk, say, for 10 or 15 minutes about some of the issues and even speak directly with your constituents. Sort of a win-win. Our number, of course, 607-772-1290. It's Friday. Friday fun day. I remember, actually, that I was going to talk about Barbie today. Not so much the lovely doll, but the movie, the Barbie movie. I think I'll talk about the Barbie movie. And I, I would encourage, actually, anybody else who has seen the Barbie movie to join me in the conversation, if you wish. Otherwise, I'll just offer some of my personal observations on a very successful movie. That's coming up Friday morning, Bob Joseph, live, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, WNBF.com. WNBF Live. That tonight's gonna be a good night. That tonight's gonna be a good night. That's Back to the phones we go. DJ in Binghamton, you're on the air. Good morning, everybody. I want to talk about today being, uh, first I want to say Happy New Year, everybody. <clears throat> Today's the first day of the year. Uh, it's called Rosh Hashanah, how it's pronounced. And let's uh, celebrate. What's it's going to be a great night. Yeah, it starts it starts uh, Friday evening. But, but but listen, you know, some of my friends go in at six o'clock. So me and my me and my one friend, we're thinking about going to the cider mill. So it's about so two of the articles they use are are apples and honey, and uh, 
you know, you can celebrate with different things. You blow the, the Trump, you blow the Trump or the, or shofar. That's a Trump. And, uh, you know, you, you celebrate the new year because today's the first day of the year. It's, it's, you don't have to be Jewish, Bob. I love that lady that was on a few minutes ago. It's great. You know, you guys celebrate, a lot of you celebrate Santa's birthday and you're not Catholic. So, you know what I mean? Just have a good time and uh, take your formerly nicotine stained fingers and type it in YouTube. What did you find? Because I know you Googled it. Rosh is the Hebrew word for head. Well, there you go. Hashanah. Hashanah means head of the year, referring to the Jewish day of New Year. But, uh, you know, you and I be see, and I, because I did Google it, I see yeah, that uh, Jews around the world have sent Rosh Hashanah wishes to the detained Wall Street Journal reporter, Evan Gershkovich. And, of uh-huh. course, he's been held in Moscow for several months, says... Uh, a considerable number of Jews have been sending New Year's well wishes to a single stranger thousands of miles away. The reporter, Evan Gershkovich, who has been imprisoned in Russia since yeah. March. He is yes. the son of Jewish Evan. parents who emigrated from the Soviet Union in 1979. He uh, was raised in New Jersey. He'd been living and working in Russia for six years, and then they arrested mm. him. So he's been mm. held. So let's hope. Let's hope. Maybe. Wouldn't it be nice? I'm not saying it yeah. will happen, but wouldn't it be nice if President Putin would release him today? Well, remember, remember, Bob, you have to throw in. You said a word that I don't agree with. You have to throw in Americans, Messianic Jews, people who are Jewish, but now they believe in the Messiah. They're all celebrating it too. Americans what, who what know. Word, it. What word did you disagree with? Jews all over the world are sending. No, that's true. To, that's true. But also Americans. But that's not a word know. you disagree with. It's well, it's a know. it's a fair statement. Yeah, Jews and probably even non-believers from around the world. It was a headline. You, you know, don't. Don't nitpick. All right. Don't. I'm trying to celebrate today, so don't so, don't you. burst my thank bubble. You. Don't burst my bubble by nitpicking of reading a headline. Thank you. I will not burst your bubble. I gladly take it back. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I hope everybody can celebrate. That's yeah. I think that's the main thing. Apples right? and honey. Go to the wherever. It doesn't have to be cider. I don't know. Get some cider. Well, apples, go honey. Get, get uh, some get some nice fresh New York apples and get some real yep. honey. Don't Granny. pay pay attention when you buy honey. Too much honey that's being uh, pawned off in some of the uh, establishments these days is not pure honey. So pay attention. Take a look raw. at the container yeah, yep. and make sure yep. that it's it's from preferably some local honey well, honey Smith, factory. Honey Remember factory. Mrs. Smith? What about Mrs. Smith? <clears throat> Her apple pie. Mmm. Put some. Isn't that owned by some ice. corporate? Mrs. Let me look that up. Mrs. Smith's pies. I'm serious. I'm serious too. I love it, it when you do this. Yeah, this this ruins the whole thing. But so, <laughs> Mrs. Smith's pies is owned by Schwann Food Company, which is a multi-billion-dollar enterprise that drives Uh-oh. those little those little um, frozen food trucks, like to neighborhoods. They, they they deliver. They have roots. I see. I see the guy. I think it's a guy. 
he never stops at my house because I never place an order for deep dish fruit filled pies. Or they oh, also have pizzas. Oh. It's, it's another Schwann Food Company, which owns Mrs. Mrs. Smith's Pies. Oh. Which is one of the largest frozen pie brands in the United States. Nothing against it, by the way. They're, they are delicious. I'm just saying. Yeah. Some people think, "Oh, Mrs. Smith's pies. That's uh, oh, that's uh, nice. That's still uh, owned by Amanda Smith, who it's, and she's the one. Her uh-huh. her story. Uh, actually, I should do a story about the history of Mrs. Smith's pies. She lived in yeah. Pottstown, Pennsylvania, and it was actually her son, though, who started the. Um, sales of her pies because they were so delightful. He did it at uh, the YMCA lunch counter, and then he added a mobile route and a small store. So the story of Mrs. Smith's pies is actually good, and then they were acquired by, because they were so successful, they were acquired by Schwab Food Company. eh, Now I want a pie. (laughs) Okay, Bob, here's here's what we have to do. Let's 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 try something new. Let's come up with a new recipe. Yeah. A pizza with apple slices on it, uh, drizzled with honey. I would eat that. Pizza. Yeah, I would eat pizza. that. That sounds great. You I know, know what I would also add? I'd probably. I would probably add maybe some kind of nuts. I don't know walnuts or something. Uh, there's a lot of them around. <laughs> I don't know. Right, I, I would experiment. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And and again, Happy thanks. Friday. Yes. And celebrate. Celebrate. Happy New Year! 1027 at WNBF and WNBF.com. And again, getting back to the point that I mentioned uh, early in the call about the journalist, Evan Gershkovich. Oh, my goodness. I can't imagine. I can't imagine what it's been like for him and and for his family. I see NPR... I uh, did a story about the letters that have been sent to him. It says a sampling of nearly a dozen letters shared with NPR come from places like New York and Minnesota and Florida and even South Africa and London. And they are written by people of all ages, from a 90-year-old woman in Toronto to more than 100 students at a Jewish school in Baltimore. Eric Fingerhut, the president and CEO of Jewish Federations of North America, told NPR that collective responsibility is a core value of Jewish faith and called the campaign a powerful example of the strength of the community. And he said, our hope is that these heartfelt messages will serve as a reminder for Evan that he is never alone and that so many people are keeping him in their hearts and prayers. One rabbi in Long Island wrote that the apples and honey eaten during the holiday meal symbolize the hope for a sweet year ahead. And, quoting here, we extend that hope to you, believing that better days will come. Someone who identified as a Russian-speaking Jew born in Ukraine wrote, I can envision your freedom. They told Gershkovich that people are eager for the day when he can reunite with his loved ones and until then are standing by your side and sending you strength, love, and unwavering support. So, I join in sending best wishes. Obviously, Evan won't hear what I'm saying, and I... Uh, I'm not intending to actually send a note to him. But we we all look forward to the day when he will be free. 
And yes, I'm following him on Twitter. I have been waiting for the moment when he is able to post a tweet. The last I'm looking now at his Twitter feed, the last thing, last activity on the Twitter feed for Evan Gershkovich, the Wall Street Journal reporter who's been held in uh, Russia for several months. Last thing that he retweeted was uh, a post that said every Western company seeking to sell its Russian assets, which it can't do without state permission, will now be obliged to make a direct 10% donation to Putin's war chest. And it quoted a Russian corporate lawyer saying it is a real property seizure. And who knows, maybe maybe it was retweeting that that prompted the authorities in Russia to take Evan into custody. And then now he's been detained for several months. So, As is the case with so many other things in the world. It's just not right. And I know it's wishful thinking, but I think we all engage in wishful thinking. It would be really special if President Putin would order the release of Evan Gershkovich today on this important day. Stay tuned. It is Friday morning, September 15th. Bob Joseph with you till noon. Coming up later today, Dan Bongino from noon to six and Sean Hannity. Wait, I misspoke. Dan Bongino will not be on for six hours. Bongino, noon to three and then Sean Hannity from three to six here on WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM and always available on the free WNBF app. Ten thirty-four with Bob Joseph live on WNBF. Let's go back to the phones. It's Carol in Colesville. Good morning. You're on the air. Oh, good morning. Um, I just wanted to talk about when the governor was in and she went to that pot store, and um, I lost the. You know, some people disagreed with me, but she made it seem like that was such a big thing that everybody's going to get high now, and it was like the grand opening. And um, I've never had done drugs or anything. I, I don't know. I just think it's stupid. She could have spent her time, like you said, talking to you. Yeah, I think that would have been more productive. I, As I mentioned a moment ago, if I was governor, maybe I would have done both. First, at this point, it's a done the, the thing about legalizing weed is is done it's over and done with and that's not going to be rolled back so you know whether that's good or bad i don't i don't think it's in the best interest of new york state or the best interest of anyone uh for the governor or other state officials to be encouraging people to use drugs now adults people over the age of 21 can make their own decisions i mean 
people make their decisions about drinking, smoking tobacco, and doing other things that carry health risks. So when it comes to weed, as people have been doing for the last century, they'll make their own decision, whether it's legal or not. I don't think the government ought to be encouraging people to use drugs. I, I don't either. And if you read up on it, if you've got any kind of breathing problem like emphysema, COPD, that just worsens it. Yeah, and that's the thing. On, on the one hand, the state is spending a lot of money every year trying to discourage people from smoking tobacco and helping people to break the cigarette habit by providing, I guess, nicotine patches and other things to try to get people uh, who want to stop smoking tobacco, to get them to stop doing that. And then the same state government is encouraging people to stop by you know, the wacky weed hut and buy wacky weeds. So they not because they think it's good for you, because the state gets a big cut of the purchase price. It's all about the money. Right. Everything's money. I, I just, well, I, I don't do anything. I don't drink, don't smoke or anything like that because I figure um, I'm not going to put anything in my body that might harm it. You only have one. Yeah, well. You know, the only thing she didn't do, as far as I know, and I can't tell you because um, she conveniently did it while I was on the air, so I couldn't witness the uh, photo op, but I'm looking at it now. And so there you have Mayor Jared Graham, Assemblywoman Donna Lopardo, uh Governor Kathy Hochul, and then the owner of the store, and then... Uh, the woman who's in charge of the Broome County Urban League. So the the two on the right side of the photo are involved in operating the business here on Court Street. And then the other three are government officials. Now, again, I'm not going to get all sort of holier than thou and that people who want to smoke weed are bad people. I mean, make make your decision. As I mentioned, and I don't know if you heard this the other day, um... I was walking on Court Street to go grab my lunch, and as I was walking, I came across two people. I don't know if they were married or friends or whatever, a man and a woman, and they were enjoying weed on on Court Street at about 12.30 in the afternoon. It was, I think it might have been Monday. And uh, they had a, a, a baby carriage, which I or a stroller, I thought, well, that's nice. Maybe they have some of their stuff in the stroller. No, I looked. There's a two-month-old girl in the stroller, and they're sitting about uh, two feet away from her while they're smoking the weed. I'm thinking, is that any way to bring up uh, a girl in 2023? And that's what that's what's happening now. Well, well, that's the way the, the world is today. I guess you can't do nothing about it, so. Well, you can at least talk about it. You know, I wasn't, look, I won't lecture people. You know, I, I, at first I was tempted, but that's not, Mm -hmm. that's not appropriate. You know, they, they're responsible. I assume it was their daughter. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it wasn't. Maybe they're babysitting. But anyway, it wasn't, wasn't up to me to stick my nose in where it didn't belong, but I wanted to. 
not really to lecture them about using weed, but maybe just to bring up that maybe that's not the healthiest choice for your daughter. Um, Would that be so wrong? Would I be out of place if I said, uh, uh, pardon me, I'm I'm Bob, I just happened to work here in the neighborhood, and I saw that you're taking a, a, a brief break to enjoy some weed here on this beautiful September afternoon. Just thought, you know... And I know it's none of my business, but I thought I would point out that it might not be healthy to be exposing this beautiful two-month-old girl to secondhand weed. Well, I don't think that it's wrong because I used to have a friend that he used to smoke weed around his six-year-old daughter. And I told him I don't think that's right either, but that's their business, that's their children, and you can't judge them, so... Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm trying not to judge because it's not I'm not supposed to be the judge, you know. Right. I mean, but I also try. Look. Look, I'm human. I I know we're not supposed to judge, we're not supposed to jump to conclusions, we're supposed to be open-minded and and love everyone. And by the way, I know this sounds weird and it sounds hokey and it probably shouldn't be said on commercial radio. I actually love everyone. And and I don't hate anyone. So now that that sounds like unacceptable in 2023, how somebody could actually get on the radio and say, you love everyone. And then somebody will call and give a list of names. Do you love them? Well, and I, and I do because I want only the best for every person. Now, do I support people who do bad things? No. But do I love them and want them to do better? Of course. Well, that's the way it, that's the way it's supposed to be because, you know, it's, it says we're all God's children and he loves us all. Just because somebody's bad doesn't mean that he just disowns them. So no. that's the way I feel. No, I, I would, and I know this doesn't sound good to some people, I, I would talk to anyone. I don't know that I would interview anyone on this program because there, there might be some people really that would not be appropriate for the program but would i talk with them i would i can't think of a single person in this country or on the planet who i wouldn't talk with so you know because i want to know more i always want to know more and i'm not i'm not trying to condemn people because it's not for me but I, i can comment and some people say well, you certainly talk a lot about that one guy. I don't condemn that guy. I talk wow. a lot about his actions, or I may talk a lot about things he said. I'm not condemning him. You know, the the secret is, I just want him to do better. Right. So, you know, but some people, some people, uh, I think, misunderstand. My, but I, I get, um, uh, sometimes I get it from people like, well, why are you friends with them? You know, you shouldn't be. And, you know, it's, it's not right, you know. Yeah. Appreciate your call. I like your okay. attitude. Bye. 1043 at WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yes, good morning, Bob. It's Vinny from Binghamton. Morning. Uh, I'd like to talk about um, District Attorney. That's coming up our, our election here in a a couple months. I uh, heard um, 
Matt Ryan on the day before, listened to him, and I heard uh, Paul Battisti on. And so uh, I went back and I listened to him again because, you know, I have the app, and so I could just write down some things and, and uh, so I could have a, a, a nice conversation about the whole uh, interview. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it boggles my mind, but I understand is politics in this area and in every place. When you look at Matt Ryan's resume and you look at Paul Battisti's resume, you know, it's like, are you kidding me? Are you really kidding me? You've got a person who started off nine years in the division of youth, 15 years of public defender. And by the way, he remembers his record. Out of the 29 that he did felonies, he won 27. I don't know what Paul's record is, but I'm going to tell you. Somebody's going to ask you, what's your record? Because I'm sure you were proud of the people that you represented. What's your record in your 20 years? Eight years the mayor of Binghamton, 2006 to 2013. Two full terms running the largest city in the county. 47, 46,000 people. That's more than the total in Tioga County. Oh, by the way, the ma the mayor of Binghamton is also commissioner of public safety. I don't I don't know that I don't know that uh, Matthew Ryan mentioned that, but remember, uh, there's another title, another position that the mayor holds. It's called, I believe, commissioner of public safety. In case people didn't realize that. Oh well, did, 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 does the mayor did he start anything like the gang prevention or the youth bureau? Ryan did that, and I and, and now he said that the mayor got in. And he cut them out completely. Is he talking about the current mayor? You know, the one that won't come on the show, Bob. That one. Is he talking about that person? Okay. When he came in, let me just continue. When he came into office, as soon as he walked in the door, he looked at the look at our checking account. We had three dollars in there. We were broke. Binghamton was broke. And when he left, they had a surplus. Did he raise taxes? He had to. He had to do the difficult things. He said he went through and cut 10% out of these departments. And, Bob, maybe you can help me with this, but let me just run this thing. Assessment. These are the departments under the mayor. Assessment, building and construction, code enforcement, city clerk, dog control, economy, uh, uh, economic recovery and development, engineering, finance, fi the fire department. HUD administration, housing, information technology, the joint sewage project, legal, the office of treasurer, parks and recreation, personal service, planning department, police department, public works, purchasing, vital statistics, water and sewer, youth and community engagement. Those are the departments that are under the mayor that he has to run. Now, has Paul, Paul, have you ever run anything that gigantic? Ever on your resume? How many people you got in your office that you've been there for 20 years? What, six, seven? Man, this is the district attorney. You've got to have some type of resume. Listen, you can have the Johnson Police, the, the Police, the Benevolent Association, New York State. I know the, uh, we all know about Fred Exher and you. The Union of uh, Policy, the New York State Union of uh, uh, Police Association, the Binghamton Police Benevolent. You're going to need more than that. Okay. Why do they support you? I don't know. But Mayor Ryan, I mean, former Mayor Ryan has said it already. We are an independent department. 
I am looking at Vestal Police, the Endicott Police, Portney, all these police agencies. I'm looking for them to be professional. When a crime happens, I want it to be straight up and professional. So I don't need to, and I probably didn't do it, I don't need to have some people around me go around and come through the back door and ask these, hey, can you support so-and-so? Hey, can you support it? Can you support it? I don't need any ties to these guys. I expect them to be professional because we can, that's the way we get after crime. And this whole nonsense about, oh, it was safe. This is, this is right out of Richard Nixon, man. This is Nixon stuff. Law and order, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, you saw what he did. This is not. If I go in that office, Bob, you've got to have somebody that's going to go in the attorney general's office. I'm sorry, not the attorney general. It's going to go into the, the district attorney's office and fill it up. Okay, we don't need any Newt Rockney, uh, 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 Winston Churchill speeches. We're going to have somebody that knows what to do, how to hire. I got to get some people in here because the, that that office is not immune to no resumes. Michael Korchek has said that already. He said it. And that's, I just don't understand why the Republican Party, why don't you like this guy? Why don't you like Mike Korchek? He's got the resume. Paul doesn't have a resume. I just don't get it. Just don't get it, Bob. And I think in November we'll we'll know. Well, we'll know what to. We'll, we'll see. Know what to do. Election day is November seventh. Can I say one more thing, Bob? Real quick. Uh, Matt Ryan, you you've seen already. I know you said is this going to be a nice campaign? It's already been done. Okay, you've been accused of five years without a uh, um, uh, a, a contract for the police. You've been told that you raised taxes by 55%. You cut law enforcement, and you put a lot of that money that you saved into the roundabout. Clean it up now, man. That's all I got to say. Clean this stuff out now. Set these people straight, because I've heard you, and you told the people on this program about that roundabout and, and what that was and where they came in and said, hey, listen, we'll, we'll help you fix this. So there was outside money that came in. Appreciate your call. Yep. 1050 WNBF. That's a good program. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Bob, it's Gary from the West Side. Good morning to you. Good morning. I wanted to comment about uh, marijuana. I want uh, people who smoke marijuana and own uh, guns to please turn themselves in. Don't end up like Hunter Biden, where you'll go to trial for this. I mean, everyone should know that marijuana is a schedule one drug and that if you did not check that little box that you, uh, you know, use schedule one drugs while having a uh, weapon, a gun, then I think you should turn yourself in. Well, remember, Hunter Biden is accused of having an unloaded gun in his possession for 11 days. Wow. Yeah, whatever it is. That's, that's, I mean, now it's pretty serious and I'm not, I'm not minimizing if he indeed lied as it suggested. If he lied about his drug use when he bought a gun in 2018, when in fact he was using drugs, apparently he was struggling with crack cocaine. I think he's admitted he was addicted. A lot of people, uh, have been addicted. A lot of people listening are addicted now to cocaine. Or other drugs. And gotta tell you, Gary, I have no proof, but I bet a lot of people 
who are listening right now smoking weed or maybe using cocaine or heroin or other drugs. I wouldn't be surprised if they have guns, and I also wouldn't be surprised if some of them are loaded. Yeah. Because we live in the area of New York State where we live, plus the, the people just over the border in Pennsylvania, we love our guns. We love our guns, and some of our listeners love their drugs. So... I submit to you, Gary, from the West Side, that there may be some people listening right now to their favorite radio station who are saying, yeah, I, I'm i kind of identifying with what Hunter Biden was going through. I, I have an addiction to crack cocaine, and the gun I have, and I've had it for more than 11 days, my gun is loaded. I haven't hurt anyone, but... There may be more than a handful of listeners who actually fit in that category because we have quite a few listeners, and I have no doubt, sadly, that some of them are dealing with substance abuse issues. Heck, some might be drinking right now, and some people may also have used heroin or cocaine or weed or something uh, that they shouldn't, and they may also have unloaded or loaded guns. You know, but... what I'm trying to find out, did Hunter Biden hurt anyone with his unloaded gun? Uh, I don't think he did. That's marijuana what I've been trying. Schedule one drug, marijuana. Yeah, schedule the federal government. The federal you know, government hasn't been right. um, as as uh, willing to change things as New York and other states. Fentanyl is a schedule two drug, fentanyl. I mean, the difference between Schedule 1 and Schedule 2 are their addictive drugs, but Schedule 1 has no redeeming medical value, which they claim. I believe marijuana does, but I'm not an expert on that. And uh, I know fentanyl uh, does because I was recently in the hospital and they gave me fentanyl as they did my procedure. And that's the thing. There are a lot of drugs that either uh, have been illegal or still are illegal to possess out on the street where they do have true medical purposes. And when administered properly by professionals, that's a tool. That's a tool to help people control pain or to help with other medical issues. Yes. Yep. Hey, Bob, Rumble Ponies, they're on a roll. Let's go out and support them. Did you go to that game last night? Yeah, yes, I did, yeah. Yeah, the pitcher is unbelievable. I mean, he had a streak of scoreless innings. I don't know what it was. It was 9-3 and then I think five. So uh, 14 innings with uh, no hits, no runs. That's pretty amazing. There's not too many pitchers that have ever accomplished that. And we have some good pitching and some great hitting. And uh, they were fun to watch. I mean, they're exciting. That was an enjoyable game. That was a fabulous finish. Let's There, there it says on the board, Rumble Ponies win. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. I, I had to post that on, on Twitter. I, yeah, I, I was, I was really, really happy to see that because, I mean, we went through most of the game. It was scoreless, and yep. you know, some one nothing. Be- they had one. Yep. They had nothing. And I said, I said, going into the top of the ninth, I said, never fear. This is this is doable. 
because I wanted to sound optimistic, and in this <laughs> case, the optimism was was justified. That and you wouldn't have been saying that earlier in the season. But oh no! <laughs> now, of course, know. you know uh, who I enjoyed the game with too. The one and only Roger Neal. Roger, yeah, yeah. Oh, he he great. popped over. He he was here at the. Uh, he stopped by the WNBF offices yesterday afternoon, so I was on my way out to a story over on the south side, and uh, I, I said, "Hey, Raj, let's do just a quick, a quick thing, sort of a baseball promo. We could talk about the Rumble Ponies, and I'll put it on Twitter." And he said, "Oh, okay." So we talked about that. And a lot of people. Let me see. Rod's still doing the uh, men's basketball, uh, BU men's basketball. I believe on he the is. Radio. I believe okay. I believe that's the plan. So yeah, several hundred people looked at that. I called it the Neil report on Twitter, and uh, you know, people get a kick anytime that uh, Roger Neil pops up on the Binghamton Now Twitter feed. They get a kick out of hearing him. Oh yeah, super popular. Yep, he's loved. He is. All right. right, Well, have a good weekend. Okay. I'll see you at the ballpark next Tuesday. Absolutely. Bye. Thanks. Yeah. Go, Rumble Ponies. Go. (laughs) Rah, rah, Rumble. I could write a song. Except that's not my responsibility. That'll be left up to someone else. My responsibility is to host the best radio program that I am capable of doing. I will bring you another hour coming right up. Looking forward to hearing from you on this Friday morning. Ready for a great weekend, the final weekend of summer in Binghamton. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Sunshine today, high near 70, mostly clear tonight, low around 46. Mostly sunny Saturday, high near 71. Partly sunny Sunday, high near 72. Gunshots rang out twice in a span of less than four hours in the area of an Endicott home village. Officials are trying to lock down. Police were sent to Monroe Street just before 8.30 p.m. Wednesday after a vehicle was struck by gunfire. Investigators determined the people involved in the shooting had agreed to meet near 1000 Monroe Street following an online argument. When one car arrived, it was met with gunfire. Everyone involved fled the area. Police located the vehicle that was struck by shots, but those who were in it were described as uncooperative. Around midnight, shortly after police left the Monroe Street neighborhood, someone reported hearing a single gunshot. Several people who were in the area when officers arrived also did not cooperate with police. According to a village news release, there have been numerous police responses and complaints filed by residents involving the residents at 1000 Monroe Street. The village in July started lockdown proceedings against the property in Broome County Court. On September 12th, the New York State Police at Norwich were dispatched by Shenango County 911 to a report of a two-vehicle crash at the intersection of Route 12 and County Road 32 in the town of North Norwich. The operator of one of the vehicles did not survive. An investigation determined that a 75-year-old male from Sherburn was operating a Ford Explorer and traveling north on Route 12. An 82-year-old female from Norwich was operating a Buick Lucerne and stopped on County Highway 32 at the intersection of Route 12 when she pulled out into the direct path of the Ford Explorer. 
The operator of the Buick was transported to Shenangle Hospital but did not survive. A 91-year-old female passenger of the Buick was transported by ambulance to Shenangle Memorial Hospital with what appeared to be non-life-threatening injuries. The 75-year-old operator of the Ford Explorer and a 66-year-old female passenger were both transported to Bassett Hospital in Cooperstown. They sustained what appeared to be non-life-threatening injuries. On September 14th, New York State Police and Homer responded to a report of an aircraft upside down on a runway at the Cortland County Airport. Cortlandville Fire, the Cortland Fire Hazmat Team and Ambulance also responded to the scene. The pilot and only occupant of the single-engine Cessna 305A Bird Dog walked away from the plane prior to the arrival of the first responders and was transported by ambulance to Guthrie Cortland Medical Center for what appeared to be non-life-threatening injuries. The plane was traveling from Rutland Southern Vermont Regional Airport and was landing at the Cortland County Airport to refuel before its final destination in Kansas when the Cessna flipped. Approximately five gallons of fuel spilled as a result of the incident. The Federal Aviation Administration was contacted as and is investigating. A murderer who escaped from a Pennsylvania jail and was captured two weeks later told authorities he had been planning to carjack someone and flee to Canada or Puerto Rico. Deputy U.S. Marshal Robert Clark says 34-year-old Daniello Calvacante told investigators he could sense law enforcement closing in and planned to get a car within 24 hours. Clark says Cavacante revealed other details about his life on the run since his brazen escape from the Chester County Jail on August 31st, including that he survived on creek water in Watermelon. Cavacante was taken to a state prison outside Philadelphia after his capture. Work on a dog park being constructed by Broome County is nearing completion. The $200,000 complex will be located at the north end of Otsonico Park in the town of Shenango. Broome County Executive Jason Garner said the facility is expected to be operational soon. He told WNBF News it should be ready to open in a couple of weeks. Garner said most of the fencing has been put in place for the park. He said a water line is being installed at the site. Signs must still be erected. Benches and garbage cans will also be brought in for use by park visitors. Garner said county officials are hoping the dog park can be opened by the end of the month. The county received a $25,000 grant from PetSafe in 2021 to help develop the dog park. The complex is just east of Interstate 81. Access to the dog park will be from Howell Drive, which is off Front Street. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. Yeah. <laughs>
for tonight's party? Come on, man. All right. What about some shrimps? What about some speedies on the Barbie? <laughs> we have a little speedy fest for the final weekend of summer. WNBF celebrating all that's good about America. 607-772-1290. New York Post can't help itself. They leave no stone unturned when it covers. You would think they'd be focusing on you-know-who, but instead their latest story is world's highest cheese pull as chopper lifts chip 50 feet into air. Nacho everyday stunt. So... That is the New York Post. News you can't use. (laughs) Nacho everyday stunt. A chopper lifting a chip 50 feet into air. Thank you. Courtesy of Rupert Murdoch's New York Post. More news you can't use. Although, right below that on Twitter, the New York Times has posted, anyone who makes pesto knows how quickly... Its vibrant color can smirch. (laughs) But this Nickelodeon green variation achieves a velvety sheen thanks to a couple of tricks. So the New York Post and the New York Times are trying to outdo each other as they compete for the Nobel Prize in Journalism. What? They give out a Nobel Prize for that? Well, for this type of journalism, it ought to be a Nobel Prize. Or a Pulitzer. <laughs> New York Times. Eh, I'm not. I'm not saying they shouldn't cover the stuff. It's all fascinating. I hey. We all, all of us who make pesto, know how quickly its vibrant color can smirch. I think that's the fine or first time I've ever said smirch on the air. And I'll probably find out in about two minutes. That's one of the 12 words you can't say on the air. Well, I've already gone and done it. I've said it twice, so. Smirch. I've said be smirch, but I've never said smirch. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. Oh, hi, it's Beverly in the town of Dickinson. Good morning. Yeah. Oh, I'm just sitting here listening to old-time music uh, on the Internet. It's called the Saloon Piano. Oh, really? Yeah, there's uh, some... Uh, it's, uh, it's music uh, by Renee Kamphausner. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he... He's a piano player. You want to hear something funny? I need I need to hear something funny, please. I was sitting here and I was watching TV. Now, uh, now I have a computer system where I can see who's coming up the stairs or up the driveway or through the yard. I'm sitting here watching TV. All of a sudden, the doorbell rings. So I pick up the, I pick up my receiver, and there's nobody there. Now that's happened to me twice already. <laughs> I don't know whether if it's because uh, a bird 
a bird flew past. Oh, it could be a bird. Or oh, did you ever see um, on the camera a little spider? Uh, not yet. Okay, well, don't be alarmed. I know someone, they have one of those doorbell cameras, and they got scared once because it looked like a big monster was coming to knock down their door, and it turns out it was just a little spider. But on the camera, on the doorbell camera, it, it looked like the end of the world. Right. Well, the reason that I got it, the reason that I got it is because, um, uh, well, there's a family got it for me. I was sitting here and, and my, and my aide, my aide forgot to lock the door. Oh. So here comes the meals on wheels. They didn't knock or nothing. They just walked right in my house. And I thought to myself, I gotta get something. So I talked to my family and they went and they got this camera. But like I, like I said before, I, I was sitting here and it was so funny. Two days in a row. It must have been a bird or something that flew past, you know? Could I don't be. know. I bet it is. I bet it's one of those, uh, what do they call them? Rockin' Robins. I don't know what it was, but anyways, I say, I, I put on, I put on this little thing that I have nobody at the door, nobody in the driveway, <laughs> nobody at the door, nobody in the yard. Oh my gosh. I thought it was funny. It is funny. It is funny. Well, I hope you have a great weekend. I'm glad you were hey, able what's to. What's going on this weekend? Well, the the uh, ponies ponies are playing ball down at the ball yard. Oh yeah, yeah. And what else? Oh, there's a lot. Let's see. Oh, what is that? I'm getting confused because there's so much going on. Uh, oh, blues on the bridge on Sunday. I think I'm going to go I to Blues. That was over. I thought that was over. No, it's coming up this Sunday. Uh-oh. I might yeah. go to that. I don't think I can go to the whole thing because it's several hours, but I might go for a, a few hours, and maybe maybe I'll go out there and say hi to the listeners. Yeah, well, I know that, I know a fellow that runs that course. That I've known him for a long time, Tom. Yep. I've known him for many, many years, and uh, about... I, if I walk any, uh, walk a long distance, I have to go in a wheelchair. So, so I'm, you know, my, I can walk, I can walk with my, with my upright walker. I, I can walk up the Sunrise Terrace and back by myself, but I can't, I, for some reason or the other, I just can't walk on hard, you know, on hard grass or anything yeah. like that. Well, it's it's tough. Anyway, whatever you do, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Okay, you too. Eleven seventeen at WNBF. This is Bob Joseph. The phone calls will keep coming until we turn off the phones at six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. Good morning. You're on the air. Hi. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi. Hello? Hello? Hi, is the caller there? Bob. Hello, is the caller there? What? I can't hear you. Can you hear me, Bob? What? Now you can hear me. 
You what did, what did you just say? I, I, I didn't Sorry. hear anything. All, all you said was, uh, all I heard is, can you hear me? That's all I can hear. What What's your name? It's, it's Dave. It's Dave from Vestal, man. Vestal Dave? Yes, it is. <laughs> all right, let me write that down. They want me to log all the calls. Dave okay. from Vestal, 1118 Eastern Standard Time. No, Eastern Daylight Time. I almost... I almost fell into a trap. It's still daylight time. Dave, what's on your mind? Hey, Bob. Um, uh, you can't get used to the blues on the bridge being changed to Saturday. You keep saying Sunday on the air. <laughs> Wait a you second. said Sunday about three times. It's Saturday now, Bob. <laughs> oh, you're right. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, well, it's. I'm glad you called in because I had just punched up the thing. That, that means the their web page, and sure enough, mm -hmm. sure enough, you're right. It's gee, if I go there on Sunday, I'm going to be like, gee, I thought this would be more crowded. And furthermore, where are the musicians? So if I show up on Sunday afternoon on South Washington Street near Riverside Drive, my my guess is I would be very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, you would. You know, I, I bet, I wait, hold on. Dark. Let me make a note of that because <laughs> I've got to tell you, if I don't, I'm not really sure. You're right. Well, it's it's different. So I'm supposed well, to, I, actually, so I'm supposed to meet someone there. Good thing. I wonder if that person even knows. I, I thought I was going to meet that person there on, on Sunday, but now, all right, let's see. I'm writing it down now. Blues on the bridge. Saturday. I, I read the <laughs> I, I read the article in yesterday's paper about that, Bob. And uh, they, they claim they switched it because uh, people had to go to work the next day, and yeah, uh, yeah so they can read it. But you know what? They're going to draw more people because I know people personally that wouldn't go because they didn't want to miss their NFL. Yeah, on, that's uh, a good point. You know what I was thinking of? Also, probably that was helping to confuse me is what? there's going to be a porch fest in Owego coming up, and that's going to be on a Sunday. Oh, So okay. that's, uh, and I'm not saying that's perhaps the only reason, but that is coming up on October 1st, which, if I'm not mistaken, is, yeah, that's a Sunday in Owego. And so I was just talking with uh, some people about that at a meeting this week, so I had Sunday on my mind, so... That, uh -huh. that might help to explain my constant state of confusion and bemusement. I, I gotta go. I gotta go see the Rods, Bob, from the seventies. From, from I gotta Portland. go see him. I, I gotta right. see him. I heard they but I heard they're loud. Well, that, that's good because I'm losing my hearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That the same here. That means there's half a chance I'll be able to hear them. All right. Well, maybe I'll see you down there now. Now that I have written it down, that. It's on Saturday. <laughs> well, now now I have something. Because here's the weird thing. I've been trying to figure out, here it is, the final weekend of summer. And my plans for tonight and tomorrow and Sunday are still up in the air. Now, I had just finalized something for tonight. So, I'll, you know, I'll be sitting around a fire somewhere, by the way, in Vestal. 
<laughs> Bob, you're going to apply for that job. You know, New York Post yesterday, you're going to apply for that job that they are, they're looking for someone to, they're looking for a reporter to full-time cover Taylor Swift, take pictures and write about her. Full-time, Bob. Wait they a want second. Someone, Wait, that's a job? Hold on. Wait a second. paper, yesterday. In the New York paper. Post. In the New York Post, Yes. It's in there. They, they want someone to just, that's their job, full-time job. Just follow her around and write nice things about her and take pictures. Oh, I yeah. missed it. I missed it. Here oh, it yeah. is. You're right. There's. Let's see. It says the, the, this week the biggest newspaper. Oh, it's USA Today. It's not oh, the no. New York Post. That's Gannett. No, under no circumstances. Not because. Oh, it's Gannett. Oh, yeah. it's Gannett. You're right. Yeah. Well, was, so. The story in the Post. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, okay. uh, actually, now that you mention it, I, I had seen something earlier this week, and I was going to mention because, <laughs> and again, this has nothing to do with any of Gannett's local journalists, whether, you know, right. Binghamton, Elmira, Ithaca, Utica, Corning, Herkimer, and so on and so forth. I could list list all the places, Rochester, Westchester, Poughkeepsie. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm sure I left at least one or two out, but... This has nothing to do with their reporters or editors or any anybody else who works for the company. But I personally think that if if Gannett is doing this, and apparently, because I'm looking at the AP story, it says the chain is looking for modern storytellers. And it says, seeing both the facts and the fury, the Taylor Swift reporter will identify why, why the pop star's influence only expands, what her fan base stands for in pop culture and the effect she has across the music and business worlds. That's according to Gannett's vice president for local news. So I don't know the guy who said that, Michael Anastasi. Mm-hmm. And I, I, he is the editor of uh, Gannett's paper in Nashville, which is a respected paper, although they too have been plagued by vicious staffing cuts by Gannett corporate. So yeah, they want, they want someone also to um, a journalist who can capture Beyonce's effect on society and the industries in which she operates. So what this says to me, oh, uh, the guy from Nashville, he says his paper already has a three-person music team, and I put our sophisticated coverage up against anybody. So this speaks volumes. Currently, I believe Gannett and Binghamton has a two-person news team two people to cover everything that goes on in the Binghamton area for the present Sun Bulletin. And their paper in Nashville has a three-person music team. So that shows you exactly what Gannett thinks about Binghamton versus Nashville. In other words, to Gannett corporate, Binghamton doesn't mean much to them. And that's and and whereas if and again I'm not criticized that you know I I'll look up the, some of the coverage in the Tennessean I didn't realize they had a three person music team now this AP story says critics of the new role cited layoffs at Gannett where the workforce has shrunk 47 percent in the last three years because of layoffs and attrition according to the News Guild so think about that Gannett's workforce not just in Binghamton Elmira and Ithaca but company wide. The workforce has shrunk 47% in the last three years. At some oh, newspapers, uh, yes, and this explains, again, never, never, never blame the reporters 
and the editors and other support people, the working class people at Gannett, always blame corporate. Says that some newspapers, according to the union, the headcount has fallen by as much as 90%. Last year alone, Gannett cut 6% of its media division. Some journalists say while hiring these massively popular artist-specific roles reflect their influence in pop culture, they do fail to invest in local journalism at a company known for its local dailies. And a guy who is a journalism expert, actually I think we had this guy on the program, Rick Edmonds from the Pointer Institute, I think he was on earlier this year, at a time when so much serious news and local reporting is being cut, it's a decision to raise some questions about. So, uh, oh, and then the guy, the editor down in Nashville said, quote, we're not hiring a Taylor Swift reporter at the expense of other reporters. Well, Mr. Anastasi, you can say that, but why don't you visit Binghamton? Sometimes. Yeah, really. See, see, the good uh, news, as far as I know, in Nashville, they still have a newsroom. Here in Binghamton, Gannett hasn't had a newsroom in more than three years. I mean, they obviously, the newsroom was uh, unstaffed during the early months of COVID. But then when things started to change and COVID started to uh, move into the background, they still never reopened their newsroom. And then ultimately, they they moved out all their belongings from the newsroom that used to be at 33 Lewis Road. So this guy in Nashville, he can talk big about how wonderful it is to have a reporter who's going to cover apparently Taylor Swift and then another reporter who's going to cover Beyonce. You know, that if that editor doesn't understand what Gannett is doing for small towns and creating a news desert. desert. You know, it's, again, I'm not... Let me take a look at today's paper just to see. He, he, may, he may understand but not care about. Well, the other thing is he works for Gannett, so my guess is if he said anything critical about this decision, he'd be fired. Mm-hmm. So, okay, good news today on front page of our present Sun Bulletin. Sarah, Sarah Ames has actually a local story about what they're going to do at the old Gowdy station. All right, so that's the type of thing we should see on page one of the present Sun Bulletin every day, but we don't. So she she's done a story, and that's good because it's about the future of that plant in Westover. So that's good. But I'm paging through to see if there are any other locally originated stories. Oh, there's another one from Jeff Murray, but he doesn't work in Binghamton. He wrote a story that I think is based on a news release that was put out on Wednesday about the guy who was involved in the bow and arrow attack up at Vestal Hills Country Club. So that's at least a local story, but the reporter isn't. In Binghamton, I think Jeff is in Elmira. So the bottom line is, it's it's approaching the status of a ghost newspaper. Well, Gannett in Nashville is hiring someone to cover Taylor Swift full time. What a shame! By well, I much. question their priorities. I'm not saying you shouldn't yeah, yeah. hire a Taylor Swift reporter, but for every Taylor Swift or Beyonce reporter you hire, you should hire 20 reporters for your papers in New York State. That's right. 
Am I wrong? I agree. I'm, I'm here. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, nobody wants Gannett, corporate and its local papers, to succeed more than I do. I have been a Gannett customer all my life. Me too. I, I've Me lost too. track of how many thousands and thousands, seriously, thousands of dollars yeah. I've paid to Gannett yeah. over the years because I mm -hmm. support local journalism. And I I support what Frank Gannett started. Frank Gannett's first newspaper was in Elmira. And I support that. Frank Gannett would be appalled at what's happened to his company. Sure. Anyway, yep. I'll, I'll, I promise not to talk about it again for the rest of this week. Okay. Hey, maybe I'll see you at the at the Blues Fest. Yeah, at keep an eye out for me. I'll I'll be the guy who looks maybe. like Bob. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Sorry for going into full rant mode. I, I really try to avoid that, especially on Fridays. But you know, it's Taylor Swift reporter. Not saying it's unworthy of coverage. I think the whole thing about Taylor Swift is very worthy of coverage and. Of course, now that I've gone on the air and said what I just did, you know, the odds of me being hired to fill that position are slim and none. But maybe I'll I'll see if I'll see if I can contact the editor. Maybe he hasn't heard what I said, and maybe I could be the new Taylor Swift journalist for Gannett. It's Bob Joseph. One can dream. 607-772-1290 is our number. What do you think? This is WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM and streaming at WNBF.com. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW and pre-owned at GaltAuto.com. Cover the story very, very well. Hey, editor, I have a new story. You say like, but Bob, you're only supposed to be working five days a week. You don't have to work on weekends. I don't mind. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. Hey, good morning, Bob. It's Mark from Binghamton. How are you? Good. Uh, I just wanted to correct you. Uh, I was listening to you earlier, um, and you're talking about the blues on the bridge, um, and it's actually tomorrow, not Sunday. Yes. Yes, I'm being flooded by calls and emails pointing, <laughs> pointing out the error. Correct. It starts at noon tomorrow. Yes, indeed, and and good thing, as I, I told Dave from Vestal, a good thing that somebody 
actually not somebody, lots of people have pointed it out. Good thing, good thing that I put that on the air, or else, uh, as, as they say, you, you know me, so, uh, Monday morning I'd be ranting, well, I went there and, you know, where was it? I was there at, at noon, sharp, and the place was deserted, nobody was around. I was asking, where, where is the blues? Where is the bridge? And people were like, hey, dude, you missed it. So, yeah, now there's, I'd say now there's a high probability that I'll go tomorrow afternoon now that I have actually written it down on my calendar. So, thank you. Well, I, uh, I'm glad that there's a lot of people responding because that means there hopefully will be a good turnout. It's supposed to be a beautiful day. And uh, so, um, let's hope everything works out. Yeah, thank so. you. Thanks to all. And just want to apologize. Donnie Wilkins was on the program on Tuesday talking about blues on the bridge and i think i was paying attention let's say it was nine thirty on tuesday and i am quite sure i was paying attention but for some reason these things happen <laughs> i don't know as i said i was at a meeting the other night and we were talking about the owego porch fest that's coming up october 1st which is actually a sunday that actually will start at 11 a.m on a Sunday, and maybe, perhaps, perhaps that's why, for some reason, I was inclined to say that Blues on the Bridge would be on a Sunday, when in fact it's tomorrow. So, again, if if you show up on Sunday, that's also the sad thing, because some people may have been listening earlier on the program when I erroneously mentioned that it's on Sunday, so, and then maybe they said, yeah, I think I've heard enough of Bob for this week. So they turn the radio off, and now they'll show up on Sunday afternoon and say, like, well, there you go. That's fake news. See, that proves my point. You can't trust the media. So, yes, anybody, anybody you know who's planning to go to Blues on the Bridge, I, uh, I hope, I hope that you'll, you'll let them know that it's tomorrow because... I don't want to be on the receiving end of uh, a lot of complaint calls from disappointed music fans. 607-772-1290. Still a few minutes left if you want to talk about something this week. I think we've covered quite a bit this week. Let me see. We had, listen to our all our guests. We started on Monday with some events coming up in the area. Naima Krajan, Andrea Grigori. Donnie Wilkins, Dave Nicosia, Matthew Ryan, Tim Gleason, Paul Battisti, Jason Garner, Courtney Diedrich, Jeffrey Van Auken, and today, the state controller, Thomas DiNapoli. So that's a good assortment of guests. We covered a lot of topics and spoke with a lot of people, including a lot of listeners. So... Even though the program's not quite over for the week, even though we still have a few minutes left, I'm going to grade myself for this week. I'll say I'll give myself a B. I could do better. But I will give myself uh, an A for effort. But as always, no matter what your endeavor is, there's room for improvement. So... I'll try to do better next week. Bob Joseph live on WNBF. News Radio 1290 WNBF. So it starts recording. Bob Joseph.
Taylor Swift. WNBF. I'll be a music reporter. I would look forward to covering the music scene in America for Gannett. Well, let's uh, cool off and listen to the weather forecast. Sunny this afternoon, 70, mainly clear tonight, 46. Mostly sunny tomorrow, 71. For blues on the bridge tomorrow in downtown Binghamton. Partly sunny Sunday, 72. And right now in downtown Binghamton, it's a... It's an invigorating 60... Sorry, we're trying to... Our our mercury, we have uh, bad mercury in the thermometer, and sometimes it needs a couple of gentle taps to make it to work right. 62 in downtown Binghamton, officially at WNBF. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Bob, this is Martin from Binghamton. Morning. Morning. Hey, I was walking my dog in um, Hudson Eagle Park yesterday. I've been going to Rec Park more lately because there seems to be more dogs here and you meet people and more dogs, whatever, but and plus it's much more spacious, but um, uh, Austin Ingalls is more spacious, but I, I, when I was there, I was talking with a guy that's on a bike, and he was telling me that about the dog park, well, I was going to go up to the dog park. I, said, I don't know. I don't think so. I had a bad experience up there on upper front, on up, uh, airport road, but he, he told me that it's concrete that the it's not grass that it's concrete for the dogs to uh, walk and run on. Is no, there's true? there's grass. There are concrete parts. They they have poured concrete for some paths. I mean, you can walk your dog. I guess it's similar to sidewalk. If you do, you have an, a computer. No. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if you did, I did a story about it at WNBF.com because I went up there on Sunday. Uh, in fact, that's our, our main story now on WNBF.com is the first visit over to the dog park at Otsunengo. And so I took pictures and I actually did a video walking around in the two different portions of the park because they'll have one side for smaller dogs and another side for larger dogs. So we had... Or I, I, uh, I thought that would be a good story. So, but there is quite a bit of grass in both sections. So your dog will be able to run around on, on the grassy area, but there are some concrete sections, you know, but your dog well, doesn't have to be on the concrete. Well, my dog went from, um, three years old to 12 years old since I was up at, um, airport road up there. And, um, that was nice that they had, two different 
divisions there, smaller dogs and larger dogs. And at that time, he was much younger and ran around a lot. And that was a good exercise. But now his his hind legs, he's got a little compromised and stuff. And I, I just don't want to compromise him. Yeah, um, well, I'm, I'm uh, carefully considering whether to bring my dogs, Daisy and Audrey, up to the new dog park. My my goal, my wish is that I could, uh, and I think they kind of would like it, but they're getting older, and and they also aren't that um, socialized. They haven't been around lots of dogs. They've been around a few, but not lots, and so I'm not sure. I know we were talking about the dog park yesterday with the county executive and he said well i hope that uh, your dogs could be maybe the first to go run around and i know they would love that that recreational area there's enough grass where they could run around and have a good time but i'm i'm kind of uh, carefully considering how well they might get along with other dogs because uh, i mean they they both have very good personalities but you never know how dogs will interact so maybe Maybe they'll visit the new dog park, or maybe not. I I haven't haven't decided yet. Well, you know, when you go up there and and your dog might be on a leash and stuff, and then you get a dog that comes over. He's younger, he's feisty, and then another dog or two will join in, and then you know they're pack animals. And next thing you know, hey, you know your dog's gonna want to join in. Or, well, and I um, remember unfortunately the story from earlier this year with with the tragedy that happened at the bark park. On Binghamton's north side, where the man was holding his little dog, and his little dog wound up getting attacked and then dying a few days later. I, I don't want trouble. I, I mean, I want all dogs to get along together. And the fact is, as you say, they're they're animals, so you don't know for sure how each each dog, even if a dog has a a, a pretty good personality most of the time, you can't tell. Just like you can't tell for sure how people will interact with each other and be like oh my friend is always nice and calm and then you know something he heard on the radio made him go off the deep end or something so yeah my my granddaughter has been uh and i will be taking her over there to that um sherry Lindsay's park um she wants you to go skateboarding over there but right she says well you can you can bring jack with you i said no i'm not gonna do yeah. that I heard, yeah I I, on the radio i, I said i'm not gonna do that and besides, if you remember right, Bob, I witnessed a dog get killed. I know. Right up and it, it was just disgusting. Well, and, and, that, and that. that's the thing. I mean, and I know. I, I, I fortunately have, have not seen any terrible dog attacks, but I, I know that, you know, things can change in a split second. So my, my approach to life generally is to minimize risk. So I... I, I can't say. I mean, I, I love the way the dog park looks at the north end of Otsenango Park, but I, I'm not 100% sure that I'll, uh, I'll be taking taking the pups over. Oh, I might check it out, but yeah. I don't know. I say, I, well, and as I, I say, yeah, I, there's, there's some concrete, but there's plenty of grass. He was fine for 10 years, and then now he's got um, liver, thyroid, and... And he came down with seizures a few months ago. And so, you know, I got a, a good bill every month for, for pills. And plus, I don't want him to get compromised, have his, hurt his hind legs or anything. Well, another thing, too, there is, there's been something going around with, with dogs in recent months. Um, 
and a caller talked about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, I encourage people, as always, be careful, do your research, protect your dog and yourself. Thank you, Martin. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Thanks. 1151, this is Bob Joseph on your side. A news radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming to a grateful world at WNBF.com. WNBF, the station that cares about our community. Reminds me, the Endicott Apple Fest is tomorrow. So there's always something to do around here. Am I right, people? Yeah, you like apples? How do you like them apples? The Endicott Apple Fest, it'll be running tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Washington Avenue between North Street and Broad Street. Be there or be square. According to a promotional piece... That was forwarded to me. It says, live music all day on the main stage, located between EPAC and Ever Ever Bridal, and in the Endicott Florist parking lot. The Apple Fest in Endicott will also include vendors, food trucks, craft vendors, information tables, and face painting all day. So maybe, since it starts at 10... I could go there tomorrow morning and get my face painted, and then I can go at noon over to Blues on the Bridge, and everybody will say, oh, look, there's a guy who looks like Bob Joseph, but I know it's not because Bob Joseph wouldn't be walking around here at Blues on the Bridge with his face painted blue. <laughs> Uh, it's just an idea, folks. I probably won't follow through, but I uh, encourage you to stop by the Endicott Apple Fest tomorrow. And then uh, maybe Blue's on the Bridge and, and see. I'll tell you what. If I get my face painted blue at the Apple Fest and go to Blue's on the Bridge, I bet that would make a beautiful little picture. Or even a video that could go viral. Hey, it's been a great week. I've had a lot of fun. I hope you've enjoyed our program. Looking forward to doing it again next week. Have a great weekend. Be careful out there. I'm Bob Joseph on News Radio WNBF and WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media.